Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 157. Hi, how are ya? What's going on in your world? <sighs> so it's been a big couple of weeks entering into 2023. All good stuff. Very cool stuff, just a lot. And I haven't given her, the podcast, as much love and attention as I want. And my vision for her, my goal, is that she shows up twice a week in 2023. So she is coming back. The podcast is coming back twice a week. <sighs> There's been a couple of um, reasons why she hasn't been uh, showing up as powerfully as I want her to. One is that there's still construction going on across the road. A lot of construction, (laughs) which is hard and challenging and driving me a little crazy, but it is what it is. And so the reason why... That is a challenge is that Carson and I actually have a vision to do a lot of video recording for the podcast this year. Uh, This is his kind of baby (laughs) that he wants to take charge on and he wants me to record all my podcast episodes on video so we can upload them to YouTube, create YouTube shorts and to create more content, which is really cool. It's really exciting. But unfortunately, the camera and the camera mic picks up a lot of the construction noise. Uh, I've got a really good podcast mic and that actually drowns out a lot of the construction um, noise, but unfortunately the camera doesn't. So I've been using that as a bit of uh, an excuse not to get in here, get on here and just record loads of podcast episodes. And I have loads planned for you. It's actually really cool. The other day I spent most of the day planning out future podcast episodes, reaching out to some really cool guests. Uh, I've spent the last couple of weeks recording some really cool podcast episodes with some very amazing, powerful women. And so here I am, I'm video recording her today. uh, And we're just going to roll with it. There's construction. That's okay. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't pick it up too much in the video, but it's kind of exciting. This will be the the first video podcast thing. And I did it all by myself. Carson's not here. So I set my camera up, the lights up, I got myself dressed and here we are. We're going to record episode 157. Some really cool podcast episodes coming up. I recorded one with my dear friend, Kitty Blomfield. Uh, We were talking a lot about our training and the three things that you need uh, in your plan this year for 2023. So that was a very cool podcast episode. It's actually going to be released on both of our podcasts, which is super cool. 
Uh, I recorded a podcast with Beck Wilcock, who is also another dear friend and the founder of Her Trails. And we spoke about this idea of strength being built under load. And then last night I recorded a podcast with Ruby Marsh, my dear friend and business coach. And we talked about character, which was, it was such a cool conversation. So there's some guest podcasts coming up. Uh, Today we're going to talk about how I define a great workout, which was, um, it's a really cool topic and this topic was brought up and I guess I was invited into this topic by a friend of mine, Michael, who is an architect in Australia, who's also part of Creator Club. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, upcoming, we're going to talk about my top tips and tricks to help you lift more weight, why you should film your training, why I keep a training diary and what I write in it, how to get started if you've had time off from training, how to include mobility and flexibility in your training program to prevent injury and feel good when you train. I'm going to talk a little bit about the warrior way model that we use inside of warrior school. We're going to do one on low energy availability. (sighs) It's an epic lineup. I can't wait to share them with you. So what's going on in my world? Well, thanks for asking. Uh, I think the thing that is taking up space right now uh, is my hip and getting really curious and making some progress with finding out what is going on with her. Uh, it has been a year this month since I fell on black ice, fell on my coccyx and my sacrum. Uh, and after a year of working with my coach changing my training, trying loads of stuff, working with a bunch of practitioners. Uh, She's still there. And over the past couple of months, she's she's back. (laughs) She's back with a vengeance. And it's pretty bad. Uh, And so I went to see a sports medicine doctor. And he's... You know, I said, okay, if we were to like bet on this, what do you bet that it is? Uh, And he said, I bet that it is a torn labrum. Now, I'm going to do a full podcast episode talking about uh, my journey over the last year, talking about injury, talking about working with a team. And I'll share my journey and my experience around uh, investigating what's going on with my hip. What I do believe is that we need to get curious about what's going on in the body. If we're experiencing pain or an injury, first, there, there is so much work that we can do before we even go to diagnosing and getting certain tests. Now, of course, if we've experienced an acute injury, like an acute tear or rupture, 
of our ACL or one of my warriors tore um, some ligaments and muscles in her shoulder. Yeah, if we've got a bicep tendon hanging off us um, or we've torn our ACL, of course, of course we want to, you know, investigate, get tests, get scans, and potentially we need surgery. Uh, and there is a little bit more of a an urgency there. Uh, but if we've got something that is ongoing, more chronic, um, is idiopathic, which means, you know, we didn't actually do one thing to cause it. Uh, it does really require investigation and exploration and this curiosity around what can we do with our training practice? What do we need to change? What's our stress like? Uh, working with practitioners, working with a team. So I'm going to go into that into a full podcast episode. I think it's such a cool conversation. Uh, and after a year of exploring and testing and trying and changing and working with a bunch of people, uh, my hip pain is still there. And I'm very curious to know what's going on. And the tests or the scans are just a tool. They're one piece of information. And to be honest, they're not really going to change my approach to my training because training actually makes it feel better. And I'm not limited, which is why I'm a little bit confusing. And I always have been. I can perform at such a high uh, capacity and it confuses practitioners and, and doctors and specialists because the the pain or the injury isn't really limiting me, even though I'm in pain every day with my hip, uh, it doesn't prevent me from showing up to the practice and it actually feels better. So I would say over the last couple of months, just being in pain uh, has leaked a little bit of energy out of me. It's, a, it's made me a little bit weary. And I would say alongside the darkness and the gray, <laughs> there's been times where I felt a little bit dark and twisty. Uh, for sure. But I've had loads of questions come in around what's going on with my hip. And so I'll do a full podcast episode. But uh, to tie it in a tight bow, I have had an x-ray. My bones are perfect. I had an ultrasound yesterday. She's not allowed to tell me <laughs> what's going on, uh, which I totally get. But I was just being a little bit cheeky. And this, the doctor that I saw seems to think that it could be potentially a torn labrum in my hip. So I was at the ultrasound yesterday and I said to her, so if you were looking at a hip and the labrum was torn, would you be able to see that? And she's like, oh, I can't say. And I was like, oh, no, I don't mean me. I just mean a hip in general. Like, can an ultrasound pick that up? And she said, yes. And I asked her, how long have you been doing this for? And she said, 30 years. And I was like, so you have 30 years of secrets inside of you? Because she has to keep the secret. You know, she can see uh, certain things on the ultrasound, but of course she's not allowed to tell me. 
So she knows the answer. She's got that secret inside of her and I have to wait a couple more days to find out um, if they found anything on the ultrasound. I see uh, a specialist next week and he will give me his input into what he thinks is going on. Uh, depending on what we find on the ultrasound, I could potentially go for an MRI. And all of this, I'm coming at it just from curiosity. As I said, it's not going to change my approach to training uh, very much at all. And so I'm just really curious now to know what's going on with her. Uh, so that is taking up a little bit of time and a little bit of energy to go to appointments. Uh, yeah, and just I'm just really curious and excited to see if we can find anything. I We booked our flights uh, back to Australia for May. So we're coming back down under to the motherland on May 15th. And we'll be there for a couple of weeks. And I'm actually going to run a live event, an internal live event for Warrior School. I spoke a little bit about it last year that I'm taking Warrior School on the road this year. So we're doing a live event uh, in Australia in May and then a live event in Vancouver in the summer, which will be July or August. And then I'm actually going to go to Nashville, which is super cool. I've got quite a few warriors over there and we'll do a live event in Nashville. Uh, it's going to be so epic. One of my favorite things is getting in a room with people, uh, especially women, creating this circle of inspiration. We're going to train together and we're just going to have an epic day together. So I am starting to plan that. I'm starting to plan those live events, where we're going to do it, what we're going to do, the dates, all of that, which is very exciting. Uh, I've welcomed two, two new warriors into Warrior School. Geraldine and Amy joined us over the last couple of weeks. And I'm so excited uh, to have you become a part of Warrior School. And I'm really excited for 2023. We are in week two of our Warrior Queen Challenge. Last week was the first week we kicked her off and she was hard. <laughs> I got so many messages from my warriors being like, Amy, damn, that was like brutal and hard and challenging, but I love it. Uh I've spoken a little bit about it on the previous podcast episode, but this whole 12 weeks is about stepping up to the bar and learning how to strategically load a weight onto that, that we thought we could never do, that we could never lift. And so myself and my warriors were at the bar for the next 12 weeks, we're squatting, we're deadlifting. And we're working on our pull-up strength. And so we're in week two. It's been, it was a big couple of weeks. Uh, all of the warriors are on individualized training programs. Uh, and so riding 12-week uh, training programs for them all. And so they are all squatting, deadlifting, and doing pull-up work the same over the 12 weeks. But all their accessory work is all individualized based on where they're at in their practice and what's going on with their body. 
And so it kicked their butt last week, but they loved it. Uh, And so I'll keep you updated on that through the social media. Uh, They're so badass just watching them squat and deadlift and work on their pull up like friggin' warriors. We're also starting a new call inside of Warrior School called Energy Hour. And this, this call is really about planning their food ahead of time for the week to save them. You know, this one hour will save them 10 times the amount of mental load, time, effort and work during the week. So I'm really excited. We're going to kick this call off in February. So we had an introduction to Energy Hour call last weekend uh, as one of our group coaching calls. So I introduced Energy Hour and how it's going to run. And so in that hour, we'll start off and we always talk about an idea or a concept. You know that I love an idea or a concept. And then we're going to move into four questions, reflective questions for them to work through all around their energy. And then the last part is actually planning out their week ahead for their food, their meals. Uh, It can be time for us to share recipes. We use chronometer inside of Warrior School for those warriors that are ready to start tracking uh, from a more objective place. Uh, I don't start there. I've spoken a lot about this before. We start with just foundations and principles, and then we can move into this more objective tracking. So we're going to use chronometer. Uh, The gold function is really cool because you can actually just copy and paste recipes and it uh, loads all the data in there for you. And then we'll pull out a serving size. And so In that hour, we're going to spend time in chronometer and basically they're going to walk away from that hour and have their whole week planned for their food. Uh, And this is going to give them energy for their week, for their training, for the Warrior Queen Challenge. And it's also going to take a lot of mental load off them. Okay, let's get into it. We're going to talk about how I define a great workout. Welcome to the Warrior School Podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. And I'm really excited to talk about this today. Uh, This uh, topic uh, came from a dear friend of mine, Michael, who is an architect in Australia. Michael is also part of Creator Club. And I had the pleasure of connecting with him when I was in Australia 
for our um, world building day through Creator Club. And we spent quite a bit of time together. The other day I put out a uh, question box on my social media if around uh, questions for a podcast. So every now and then I love to do a Q&A for a podcast episode. But these questions that Michael asked me, I think are really cool and really important. And so I wanted to do a full podcast episode talking about this. So Michael wrote to me and he asked three questions, essentially. The first was, how do I define a great workout? Two, how does a great workout feel to me prior, during and after? And then the third piece of the question was, what does an average session feel like and what does a bad one feel like to me? So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how I define a great workout and we'll break it down into those three sections. So Michael, thank you for this really cool question. I have to admit, I, I fell in love with it uh, and I'm really excited to talk about it today. So what defines a great workout? Is it about sweating, burning calories, feeling your muscles burn, having your heart rate soar, or that it doesn't? Is it about following the program perfectly? Is it about just showing up? Is it about how effortless and seamless things feel? Is it about just enjoying moving the body? I want you to think about what defines a great workout for you. Now, when I read the question, the first thing that I was drawn to was the language around workout. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's interesting that he used that word, workout. And I also will invite you to think about how do you talk about training? How do you talk about movement? Do you, what language do you use? Do you use the word workout or exercise or fitness uh, or going to sweat it out or training? So for myself, I use the word practice. And often I'll use training practice. I think that there's a really big difference between working out or exercising and training. Training to me is creating this sustainable, successful strategy and plan that we do over years, not weeks or months. When I read workout or exercise, I think in terms of just the day or the session or weeks or months. I also think about, you know, for a lot of women, uh, what defines a great workout or a great exercise session often has been about burning calories or sweating or feeling exhausted and in warrior school, we really 
we sh- we want to sh- we shift away from that. So a part of the work is the language that we use, and I invite them to use the word practice because it is a lifelong practice that we want to create. A practice isn't perfect. A practice means that we show up and we work with where our body's at and a practice is in line with health always. So health is the number one priority. A practice requires patience and heart and effort and quality. When I think of a workout or exercise, I think of having no plan or no strategy. And I'm just going to go work out. I'm just going to go sweat it out. I'm just going to go exercise. And I think of it more as a a reactive thing, whereas the word practice is about health and energy. We have a clear plan that works with our body, that builds a foundation. And we have support with that practice over time. So I just want you to invite, I just want to invite you to think about the language that you use around training. The second thing that I thought about within the question was, well, what's great and what's not great? And how do I define that? So it made me think of three questions that I asked at an end of year event inside of Warrior School. So we did an end of year event on building powerful relationships. And I asked my warriors three questions when we were talking about building a powerful relationship with training. The first question was, what's the best training session you've ever had and why? The second question was, what holds you back in your training? And the third, in your training, when are you most excited? And I think these three questions can help us answer the question that Michael asked, what defines a great workout? So for me, when I ask myself the question, I'll ask what defines a great training session or what defines a great practice? And I thought about these three questions. I thought about what's the best training session I've ever had and why? I thought about what holds me back in my training and when do I get most excited in my training practice? So I actually asked Carson this question. I was super curious to know what, you know, how would he define a great workout? And he said, one that I did. (laughs) And I really love that. (laughs) And I thought to myself, if that was enough for me, one that I did. And You know, I think that that can be enough for people. And I don't want to take that away from Carson. And I certainly don't want to take that away from the women that I work with. That is our key focus when they first come into warrior school is that they show up and they create a consistent training practice, a sustainable, consistent training practice. And I would totally agree with Carson. What defines a great training session or a great practice is one that you actually did. (laughs) Um, So I want to give that power and I do want to highlight that. But for someone, you know, 12 years deep into a solid training practice, 
that didn't come up for me. Like I didn't think about that. And that, you know, I had to sit with that for a little bit, little bit and think, well, why didn't I think of that? Like, why do I not define a great um, training session or great practice as one that I did, as one that I showed up? For me, that doesn't feel enough. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting with that and I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into that. Of course, I celebrate myself for showing up to the practice, but it is so much a part of who I am and what I do that that didn't come up. I wouldn't define a great practice or a great session as one that I did. Uh, And so I just, I wanted to, I just wanted to share that with you. I thought that that was a really cool perspective uh, that Carson shared with me. And I also want to highlight that at the start, when you're building a training foundation, when you're, when you don't have a Uh, consistent training practice, that is really a great thing. What defines a great training session or a great practice is one that you did, one that you showed up to. But I want to go a little bit deeper into it and and I'll share how I define a great um, workout in a second and we'll go a little bit deeper into that. But Carson said, one that I did, that I had energy And I had a goal that I was working towards in the session. So there was something that I was working towards. And I really, I really liked that. So for him, that's how he defined a great workout or a great session. One that he actually did. He had energy and he had a goal that he was working towards in that session or in that workout. Then I thought about some of the old guys that are at the gym that I go to. So there's a group of old guys. They come every day, every morning. They're there from like eight to 10 and they love to chat. They love to socialize. And for them, I think what would define a great workout or a great session is their community, is that they got to connect and they got to socialize. That is a huge piece for them. And if they didn't have that, they probably wouldn't enjoy the session or the workout or coming to the gym as much. So community can be a really big part of it. You know, what defines a great workout or a great session is the environment, you know, the gym space, uh, the gym that we go to, the community that we have, the people that are there, uh, the, you know, if we're in group, uh, classes, the the coach that we have, the quality of the coaching or the quality of the program and the session, I'm sure would come into play. But a big part for a lot of people is the community, uh, the people that are there. So I also thought about that, uh, you know, from the perspective of these old guys that come in and they really come in to connect and socialize that that can be a piece, you know, that can define a great session or a great workout for, you know, for a lot of us, I'm sure that when we do it together, it can be a hell of a lot more fun than when we do it alone. But for me, again, I thought it was interesting just to think about it that way. And of course, I I do love training with people and, you know, Carson and I train together often, but I am really happy to train on my own. When I was lifting, I trained on my own a lot and 
I wouldn't define training by myself or training with someone as great or not great, but it is, it can be part of the whole experience. So I just, I also wanted to offer you that. Then I was thinking about, well, a lot of the women that I work with, you know, yourself listening, you know, what, how would you define a great workout? If we're using the language like workout or exercise, uh, and we've been in fitness culture for a long time, I would probably say that we would define a great workout as sweating, burning calories, feeling tired from the session, you know, feeling the muscles burn, feeling the heart rate come up. Uh, and, and I think that for a long time, that's how we've defined whether or not we were successful or not in the session, whether or not we did a good job or not, uh, whether it was a great workout or not, was, you know, did I actually sweat? Did I burn enough calories? Do I feel tired? You know, was my heart rate high? So for myself, you know, it's changed a lot over the last seven years. And previously, I defined a great session, a great training session. So success was really defined by how well I lifted. And if I lifted more weight than the previous session or the previous week. So it was also defined by, you know, if I followed the program perfectly and everything went to plan. So this is when I was lifting. This is I'm sharing, you know, previously when I was competing in Olympic weightlifting and I was training a lot, like three or four hours a day, six days a week. Uh, For those of you who know a little bit of my story, that I based my self-worth on the bar and how well I lifted and performed. And if I added more weight uh, to the bar, if I could follow the program perfectly, if everything went to plan, it was successful. It was a great session. But that resulted in me feeling like it was just never enough, never good enough. And over time, that definitely resulted in low energy and burnout. So previously, I didn't have a great relationship with training and it was very much defined by objective measures and I think a lot of women could probably really resonate with that that you know we define a great workout by how many calories we burnt or over time by how much weight we've lost or how high our heart rate gets Uh, we define success as you know, following the program perfectly and everything going to plan. But that over time leads to this never enough, like it's not good enough because often training doesn't go to plan. Uh, And, you know, we show up some days and we're tired, we're low on energy, we can't lift as much. It's not a linear journey. And so defining it by those objective measures. So for me, it was like how how well I lifted in that session. If I didn't lift well, that was a shit session. And 
I was really hard on myself and that really affected my relationships. It affected my relationship with my coach because for me, it was just never enough. I was never good enough. I wanted every session to be perfect. I wanted to PR every session. I wanted to lift more weight every session. And that's how I defined a great session or a great workout. It got so bad that I actually had to step away from the barbell. I had to step away from Olympic lifting because I based my self-worth on the bar, how well I lifted, um, how much I was lifting. And if I couldn't follow the program perfectly, I got really um, just really anxious and overwhelmed and irritated uh, by that. And so over the last seven years, I've really worked a lot on on this. And this is why I'm really excited to talk about it because it's changed a lot for me. Now I define a great training session or a great training practice as it having this effortlessness and ease to it. You know, when I was lifting, it was always the sessions were filled with like, friction and negative self-talk and I wasn't patient with myself and a lot of the times I wasn't listening to my body because I cared about hitting the numbers or following the program perfectly and so the sessions not all the time you know I had some amazing sessions but a lot of the time there wasn't this effortlessness or ease to it. It always came with this friction or this alternative kind of motive to, you know, be better or achieve something. And if I didn't, well, then it was a wasted session and I wasn't good enough. And so now when I think about how do I define a great training session, for me, it is a lot about this effortlessness and ease that comes within the practice. Uh, And really, you know, I think what helps that a lot is having a plan, having a program. Because for a lot of us, if we don't have a plan or we don't have a program, we don't know what we're doing. And so there's, there's not this ease at which we show up to the gym with. Now, if we're in a group, you know, a group setting, a group gym setting where we show up and they have a program done for us, well, then there's an effortlessness and ease with that. Yeah, because we're being led. And now the same as if we're on an individualized program, it's written for us. So we're being led. What also plays into this effortlessness and ease that I feel is that I have energy, uh, that I have enough energy to support my health, my physiology, and then my training on top of that, which means that I can recover and I can show up, I can try my best. I have energy to fuel the training and having energy brings this sense of ease and effortlessness to the training session. When we don't have energy and we don't have a plan, it feels really hard. And so We're low on energy, we're tired, maybe we're not recovered well, we're showing up to the gym or to our training, we don't have a plan, so we kind of just do whatever. And then, and sometimes that might work, yeah? I'm not saying that it doesn't, but over the long term, 
I'm sure a lot of you who have done that before wouldn't define that as a successful training practice or a successful workout. How I also define a great training session or a great practice is that there is progress, but there is not perfection. So progress over time is what I look at now, not perfection within the session. So before I was very focused on it being perfect, lifting perfectly, doing exactly what was on the program, uh, going up the exact weight that I needed to go up. And this perfectionism was a big burden. And when we have this perfectionism, I don't think that we can ever really achieve a great session, a great training session or a great workout because it's never good enough. And that's with everything in our life. For those of you who really struggle with perfectionism, I've done a lot of work on it over the last seven years. We always have this idea that it's just not good enough. And so for me, I now look at the whole practice as progress over time, not perfection within the session. Because the session isn't going to be perfect. And when we're learning a new skill, so for myself, I do a lot of complex stuff, especially with my upper body, a lot of complex gymnastic strength training. I actually started a new upper body strength program last week and it kicked my butt and it was really hard and I couldn't do what was programmed. And I will admit it created a little bit of friction with me in the session Uh, that I was getting my butt kicked and it was really hard. And before that would have been a really negative thing for me. And I wouldn't have classified that session as being great. It would have been a failure because I couldn't do what was programmed and it didn't feel great and it wasn't easy. But now that actually, it excites me. I get excited that I can't do a skill. I can't execute it. Uh, as technically well (laughs) as I want or I can't actually finish all the sets and the reps that were programmed uh, by my coach and I really I just I look at the progress over time now and so the next session that I show up I think I was doing weighted ring dips and weighted pull-ups And it was like five sets of five reps. And so that's a lot, a lot of volume of two hard movements. And I couldn't put a lot of weight on the belt and it did feel really hard. And I had to rest between reps and, you know, there was many things within that session that kicked my butt. Now I could have got stuck on it and I could have defined that as not a great session, but I actually... It was a great session because I enjoyed it. I had patience. I spoke to myself in a positive way. I was listening to my body. Uh, There was curiosity and excitement about where this could go. The deeper you get into the practice and the more times you get your butt kicked by new programming or a complex skill, and you realize that you're so far away from that skill when you begin that over time, then you get stronger and you get better at that skill and then you get the skill and you, 
And you realize that you can do it. It just takes time and that you've made progress over time. And it's a really cool thing. My warriors experience it all the time. So a lot of them, you know, when we start, we start with a lot of single leg strength work, stability work, everything's slow and controlled. They feel really wonky. It feels really hard. And, you know, they have trouble doing it with their own body weight. And then over time, you know, they're loading up split squats and long line lunges and, you know, like they're squatting heavy weight. And then they can see when I offer them up a new skill or something hard in their programming. Initially, yes, we might feel like, oh, there's not an ease with this. But because we've had the experience before, we've got the evidence that we can move through that. And I think that's what can really help us define a great training session is that how how well can we move out of this place of like friction and frustration and into this place of curiosity and just enjoying it knowing that yes okay the movement is hard physically but can we have this effortlessness and ease mentally and emotionally knowing that we've done a hard thing before it felt shit we've practiced it we've got progress over time and now we can do the skill or we can add weight to it and there's a patience that we need for that uh so there's You know, when I was thinking about this, something um, came up for me and that was Zig Ziglar, who's quite famous within the marketing, business, sales world. He has a book and it's called Born to Win. And he talks about three things in that book and that's will, skill and refill. So when I was thinking about this question, what defines a great session or a great workout, this came up for me because he talks about You know, born to win is about um, setting a vision and achieving your goals. It's about winning. And he talks about will and the will to want to. So having heart and desire and effort. And so in warrior school, we have warrior school superpowers. And that's heart, effort, quality, respect and humility. And those superpowers are so important within our practice. And so if I am not harnessing those superpowers, well, then I think that I would probably say that I I am not doing myself any service. You know, if I can show up and I have heart in that session, I show respect by meeting my body where it's at, I put effort in to the best of my ability on that day. I do everything with quality. And I also have the humility to walk away, maybe if it's not working, that that's how I would define a a great session or a great workout or a great practice is that I've I've actually practiced those superpowers. I've put those skills into practice. So in Born to Win, he talks about will, the want to. So we need to have heart, desire, and effort. And I think that's really important when we show up to our practice or to our session. You know, do we have heart? Is there desire there? Is Are we putting effort in? Is there a want to for that session? Then the skill, 
That's the how to. So that's the process. So do we have a process? Do we have a plan? Uh, Is there, like Carson said, is there a goal? Is there something that you're working towards within that session? And I think that's really important. And so that would be the second piece uh, for having a great session is that we have a process and we're going to follow that process to the best of our ability based on what's going on with our body, you know, and our energy. And then he talks about refill and we're just reinforcing will and skill. So we're constantly refilling the want to and the how to. And I think that really defines a great workout or a great session is that we want to, we have heart desire for it that, you know, we fall in love with our training. We want to train. And I talk about this a lot. I believe that you need to fall in love with the training. That's how you're going to get big, long lasting results. So we need that heart. We need that desire And then we need a how-to, we need a process, we need a method, we need a plan because then we have a goal, we have something to work towards uh, and that will help with our energy, our mental load and it also helps achieve our goals. And then we just need to constantly reinforce that, the will and the skill, the will and the skill. And I think if we can show up to the practice or to the session doing that, That's how I would define a great workout. I think you also need a few other things to have a great training practice. And I've got seven here that I think are really important. So one is vision. So what's your vision? What's your vision with all of this health training stuff? Like, what do you want to be able to do? How do you want to be able to feel? What's the the vision? Because that's going to help us create the, the practice, you know, if we don't have a vision or we don't have any goals and we just keep showing up and just exercising or doing a random workout, it might work for a little while, but then eventually it doesn't. And so we need a vision. The second thing that we need is we need energy. I talk about this all of the time. We've got to have energy. Energy's got to come in to support our health, our physiology, then our training on top of that. If we don't have enough energy, training's not going to feel great. It's not going to be successful and it's not going to be sustainable. The third thing that you need is the right knowledge. So you need to know the process, the method, how to actually progress, how to train, how to build a strong body, how to build a strong foundation. So this is why working with a coach, being led and supported by someone is really important because we need the right knowledge. We need help in and the knowledge around creating our food strategy, learning about our body and our physiology, learning about our recovery uh, and how to actually train. The fourth is we need to continually raise your performance. We need to continually raise our performance. We need the progress. We need to keep moving forward. And this is why I invite you to look at it, not how you define, how do you define a great workout as a singular, but how do you define a great practice, great training or great workouts as multiple? And I think 
that we need to continually raise our performance. We need to continually make it harder and progress. Number five is we need to acquire tools that help us work better. And number six is we need to practice. Number seven is that we need to surround ourselves with people who are doing this and we need to get support. So I think those seven things are really helpful in creating a sustainable and successful practice. We need vision, energy, the right knowledge. We need to continually make it harder. We need to acquire tools that help us work better. So whether that's information, knowledge, um, actually certain training tools, we need to practice, 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 practice over years, not weeks or months. And we need to surround ourselves with community or people or a coach, someone that can support us or someone that's done it before. The second question was, how does a great workout feel to you prior to, during and after? (laughs) What I uh, initially wrote down on my notepad was sometimes energizing, sometimes depleting, sometimes easy, sometimes hard. Uh, so prior to our session, sometimes I have loads of energy and I'm really excited to go and train and I get into the session and it feels easy and there is joy that radiates into my body. Uh, and after, you know, I feel energized I feel on a high and there are other times when I show up to the session and it's hard and prior to you know I wasn't excited to train and it didn't feel easy during the session and I felt a bit depleted after So what I'll often uh, talk about with my warriors is that sometimes prior to We might feel low on energy. We might feel a little bit depleted. But to show up, to show up to the practice, to check in with the body and sometimes moving it and doing the practice is what we need, that it will be energizing and sometimes it does feel easy. Sometimes we blow our damn mind (laughs) in that practice Uh, and sometimes we do show up and we start the practice and it doesn't feel great and we do really feel depleted and we need to have the humility to walk away from the practice. And I think this is really important because we're not always going to feel like we want to train. And I think most, (laughs) most of us, most of the time, could probably say that prior to we don't really want to train Uh, but when we show up and we start the practice it actually does feel great and a lot of the times we can blow our own damn mind you know I've had some of my best training sessions on days where I thought it wasn't going to go great or you know on a certain time in my cycle when maybe previously it didn't go that great. 
uh, and I have blown my damn mind. And then after I actually felt great and I did recover well. The body is the boss. And I think the hardest thing that we have is that the body is dynamic and it's not linear. And it does change. It can change day to day. It can change week to week, month to month. And so when we think about this question, you know, how does a great workout feel to me prior, during and after? We can look at it from an average. And this is the third part of the question uh, that Michael shared with me. And that is, what does an average session feel like? And even worse, a bad one. And so tying in two and three, on average, you know, what does a great workout feel like to you? Mostly, do you have energy? Are you excited to train? You know, do you have your plan? Is it scheduled in? And then during the session, you know, are you enjoying the session? Are you enjoying the movements? Are you seeing progress? Uh, Does it feel, yes, physically maybe challenging, but is there this effortlessness and ease to the session? Uh, Is there a joy that you get from moving the body? Uh, Is the session flowing? And so on average, you know, how does it feel? Then, yes, we could look at, What's a bad one feel like? <laughs> uh, and for me, you know, I don't, I wouldn't even call it a bad one. It would just be a session that maybe felt a little harder, was a little bit more depleting. Uh, maybe I didn't recover as well from it as I wanted to. And so, you know, prior to that bad session, maybe I was a little lower on energy. My sleep was a bit crappy the night before. Uh, Maybe my nutrition wasn't as great the day before. And so prior to, I feel a little bit low on energy and I don't really feel like training. During the training, yeah, maybe it feels a bit hard. I feel a little bit depleted. And then after, you know, maybe I'm tired from it. Is that bad or is that just one session out of many sessions that I'll have in the week or the month. And I can use that session just as information. And if I have multiple sessions that feel hard or bad, then I can find patterns as to why. Why is that session hard or bad prior, during and after? you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally? Did I have a lot going on in other relationships, in my work? Uh, What was going on with my health markers? Is there a pattern that I can find over time? One bad, and I say that in air quotes, session, it's not a big deal. We're looking at average. On average, how does your practice feel? You know, when you think of a great session or a great practice, what does it feel like and what does it look like to you prior to? So for a lot of us, you know, prior to, we probably want to have slept pretty well, eaten a good breakfast or a good meal, have the time 
to do the session, uh, the space, the capacity, mentally, emotionally, uh, within our schedule, within our day. Uh, we've, you know, we have everything that we need and we show up to the session. We have the plan, we have the program. And then during the session, it's challenging physically, but mentally and emotionally, we're excited to be there. You know, we're enjoying progressing. Uh, we might feel more stable in a movement or like we own the movement more. Uh, and then after, you know, we feel, we might feel a little bit depleted, but maybe we feel proud that we showed up and we did the session. Maybe we feel at ease. Maybe we feel relief that we did the session. Uh, and so I want you to look at these, the last two parts as like an average for your practice uh, and that there isn't really such a thing as a bad session. It's mostly that maybe we just didn't have the energy coming into it. Yeah, maybe sometimes our attitude can be a little crappy around it, uh, but mostly it's an energy problem. And so, you know, an average session for me with my practice, I feel energized, I feel focused, I'm excited. Uh, yes, physically, they are hard sessions, but mentally and emotionally, there's this effortlessness and ease. There's this joy, this excitement that I get to train, that I get to do these things with my body. And I'm really grateful for that. So remember, training feels hard when you don't have energy, you don't have a plan and you don't have someone to support you. And that I think to kind of tie it and wrap the conversation up is that one of the biggest things that I do in my work is I teach women how to dynamically adjust their practice based on what's going on in their body and their life in real time. And I think having a great, you know, what defines a great practice or a great workout is your ability to be able to do that with confidence to be able to dynamically adjust the workout or the session based on what's going on in your body and life in real time. That's a skill. And if you can nail that skill, I think there's a greater confidence and a greater ease at which we show up to the practice because we know based on What's going on and my sleep and my energy, my body, my hip, my injury, that I can modify that practice to meet my body where it's at, to have a great workout, to enjoy the workout. If I can't do that, then that's when it can maybe feel hard um, or we feel like we have a bad one because we actually haven't met our body where it's at. And we haven't given it enough energy or we haven't modified something that's causing us pain or discomfort. Um, so if you are training and you feel frustrated, you feel overwhelmed, you feel like you don't have any energy, you know, you feel like you can't create this successful and sustainable training practice. I invite you to come and check out Warrior School. It's my individualized and group coaching program for women. And I give you a nutrition plan to give you more energy. You follow an individualized training plan. 
and program that will help you get strong and help you create a successful and sustainable training practice that you love and you enjoy. And you have one-on-one coaching with me and that will help you learn how to modify, how to adjust your training. It will help with mindset, how to approach all of this stuff. So applications are open. Uh, Click the link in the show notes and you can learn more about Warrior School. You can apply to Warrior School. We will jump on a call and talk about where you're at with your training and how Warrior School can help you. Michael, thank you for offering up this idea, this concept, this topic. I really enjoyed talking about it. Uh, And I'd love to hear your perspective, you know, what defines a great workout for you and how does it feel to you? All right. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you all. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, warrior woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.